Welcome to the Sustainability Made Easier Interviews podcast. Join authors, researchers, and innovators as they share how they are making sustainable practices accessible to new audiences and making a difference for our planet. I'm your host, Jessie. The process of moving toward a more eco-friendly lifestyle can seem overwhelming. However, small steps taken by lots of folks in their day-to-day lives can add up to big change. Our guest today has just published a book that is an engaging and quick read and is full of facts presented in a non-judgmental way. It offers easy solutions for people to begin or to step up their game in becoming more environmentally conscious. Her book is called, How on Earth Can I Be Eco-Friendly? You can find it very reasonably priced on Amazon. Today, I'm excited to speak with the author of How on Earth Can I Be Eco-Friendly, Leanne Bell. Welcome to the show, Leanne. Hi, hello, Jessie. I'm so glad you're here. And before we begin talking about your new book, How on Earth Can I Be Eco-Friendly? Do you have a book about environmental issues or writing that has impacted your life that you like to recommend? Yeah, I do, actually. When I was at university, it was about 10, no, sorry, nine years ago it was when this book was released. And it's by a British environmental journalist um, called Lucy Siegel. And she's amazing. I read all of her stuff when I was studying at uni and her book is called To Die For and it's a really in-depth comprehensive analysis I guess of the fashion industry and it goes into the working practices how leather is made and it talks about the Aral Sea like what happened with the Aral Sea with the cotton irrigation and that I think when I read that book I was already at the time I'd already written my dissertation on the environmental impact of Primark which I don't know if you know of Primark it's a quite a famous uh, fast fashion retailer in the UK and they're kind of responsible for creating this disposable nature around fashion and and that's what I'd written my dissertation on so I was already kind of interested in that but then when I read this book I realized like oh okay I I'm I really I'm really passionate about this and it's something that I want to work on yeah to to help in Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, no, I hadn't heard that, but I definitely am excited because I know we're going to have another interview where we talk about fast fashion and sustainable fashion. And I think this just isn't on the radar for a lot of people. So I'm super yeah, excited. Cool. Yeah. For, thanks for recommending that. No problem. Yeah. So what was your impetus for writing this book? How on earth can I be eco-friendly? Which is your first book? Yeah, it is. I started an ethical clothing business uh, five years ago, and I've always wanted to have my own clothing business in some form. I studied business at uni, and I was always interested in fashion. And then when I, um, yeah, when I launched the business, I realized that it wasn't just enough that we were going to manufacture with sustainable fabrics or whatever. It was the problem was a lot. Uh, the environmental aspect of, of the clothing industry was just, it was so much worse than I'd already realized. And I also kind of was getting a lot of resistance from friends, not because they were trying to be difficult, but just because they just didn't understand. And for me to sit down and tell them, was kind of getting the message across a little bit and I also I 
was doing a few blog posts and a little bit of writing at the time. And I actually wrote a blog post about my menstrual cup. And then when I was out in London on a night out and I kept bumping into people that I knew and all of the girls kept grabbing me and going like, oh my God, can you tell me more about the menstrual cup? And so that was when I kind of, re- like, I, that had happened. And so, and then after launching the business, I kind of thought, you know what, what I really want to do is is help people change their mindset. And I feel like by having a coding business, I'm just contributing to this problem. And it seems that people are actually interested when I write about stuff. So maybe I'll write a book. That was how it was born, really. And I really appreciate that you thought about that and then totally followed through with an awesome book because I think a lot of people are like, oh, you know what, I should write a book about this. And then it they, you know, there's lots of spots along the way where they falter and they don't ever make it. And so you really stuck with it and made this book available, which is so awesome. So what are some of the most surprising things that you learned while researching this book? Because this book is great, because it does have a lot of really interesting facts, but they're presented in just a really conversational way, but they, they're totally in there. And I really appreciate that. So what were some of the most surprising things that you found out? The most surprising things, oh God, I don't know. I mean, this is going to sound really bad, but I kind of knew everything that was already in the book already. So yeah, I didn't really like, there's things in there that shock me. So I think the things in there that shock me the most is probably the food waste. And I actually, I think the the fact about the CEO, so there was an Oxfam report done a few years ago, and it takes a major CEO, they earn the same amount in four days that a Bangladeshi garment worker will earn in their entire lifetime. And I think that's kind of, for me, that was really shocking because that really hit home. The wealth divide was just in that one fact to me was so apparent. And and I guess that's applicable not just to fashion, but to every person that makes and manufactures the goods that we have. You know, like in the 90s, all of these corporations moved all of their production overseas. And the lure was, the reason they did that was purely based on the fact that the labor was cheaper. Yeah, I just think it's really sad that businesses are always so eager to save money and cut corners and it always comes from labor. I don't know why, but these huge corporations only see that that is the way that they can increase their profit margin when it's not at all. So yeah, I think that's probably what I found most shocking. Thank you for sharing that. And we've had a couple other guests on this show. And one of the things that comes up is that because this stuff is done out of sight, out of mind, we don't walk down the street and see the factories where our garments are being made. And we don't see where our waste goes a lot of the time. So these insane profits that are churned out at the expense of workers or the expense of the environment, it's really hard for people to visualize that and then decide, you know, that that's not okay, because it's just not something we come across. So I'm glad that you brought that up, because it is really important. And also that you brought it up in your book. 
So that's really good. So is the final result of the book similar to what you envisioned when you started out when you were like, okay, I'm going to write a book because people are responsive to what I'm saying. And this really is a need when you pictured this at the beginning of your journey, now that you have the final product out and available, is it what you kind of pictured or did it evolve along the way? Um, do you know what? It's exactly how I pictured it. And that just makes me so happy. It's not obviously looked like that throughout the process. But yeah, it, I mean, it's definitely evolved. But when I started it, I did have this image in my head of what I wanted it to be like. And yeah, it, it, that's what it does look like. And that actually trying to make it look like I envisage was probably the hardest thing because I chose to self-publish it because I'm quite entrepreneurial and I wanted to be in charge of everything along the way. So, but then along the way, I did kind of regret that quite a few times. So it was a learning curve for sure. And actually, because obviously the internet is amazing and we can do anything because you can Google any question you have, but sometimes, you know, Googling every single question you have makes everything take a really long time. So the book took way longer than I thought, you know, it's taken almost two years. And yeah, I definitely did not think it was going to take that long at all. But yeah, the fact that it does look how I'd imagined, it just makes me so happy. Yeah, I'm really chuffed with it. That's great. And so what is your hope for people reading this book? What's the most important thing you want them to come away with after reading it, if that's not too much of a spoiler? And I can give you a different question if you're like, no, wait, they have to read the book to get to that part. But <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah, I think what I want people to take away from it really is a little bit of unity. So I think often people don't realize that we need to work together, and no matter what that is on, like the whole world needs to be unified and so I'm hoping that that comes across in the book and people take that away from it and and also you know like you said at the beginning just making small steps it does make a difference and once we do take those small steps then we change our mindset and then we can start to look at the bigger picture and then we can change everything on a much larger scale that's what I'm hoping for in the future but yeah from the book I don't like the fact that my friends feel guilty and overwhelmed and yeah one of my friends is a paramedic and she goes out saving lives every day and she's amazing I just think she's the most incredible woman she has two kids she goes off she saves people's lives she goes home she makes the dinner and like I just think oh my god I could never be like Naomi and she was talking to me about how she'll have just finished this grueling 12-hour shift and then she goes into the supermarket and then she feels really guilty because she buys her dinner and it's in plastic and that's what I don't want people to to feel like because I don't want people to feel bad or feel anxious you know that like everybody's busy and I also feel like companies and corporations have a lot to answer for and they're putting a lot of the guilt on us as the consumer and we're all busy and we're doing things and so yeah I just really want I want people to not feel guilty I want them to feel like okay I am doing my bit and I am doing my best and it's the main thing and it's going to be a really 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 big change but if we start by making a little change tomorrow then that's the first step so yeah 
And that's so good to remember. And I think once people find that they can make small steps, they can feel empowered rather than guilty because they can feel like the steps that they're making forward are making a difference. And so that's so wonderful that in your book, you emphasize things that are easy for people to do. And so hopefully they'll feel empowered. And even if they're not killing it every day in every category, that's totally unrealistic anyway. And so I think that's an important reminder for sure. As I mentioned in the opener, folks can find your new book, How on Earth Can I Be Eco-Friendly on Amazon. And I'll be sure to put a link in the show notes to that. They can also follow you on Instagram. You're quite active there. Your username is Leanne Bell, L-I-A-N-N-E underscore B-E-L-L. Do you have any other places people should go to get more information on your book or to contact you? No, I'm just on Instagram and and yeah, my book's on Amazon. I mean, yeah, actually, if people have any questions, they can send me an email. It's just leanne at leannebell.com. I'm always on email. If they've got anything that they want to talk about, then yeah, I would love that. Or otherwise, yeah, Instagram. You can always send me a DM asking me a question. I love questions. Absolutely fine. Yeah, that's it. Perfect. And I will make sure your username for Instagram is in the show notes as well as your email address. So before we end our talk, I have a few random wrap up questions. And no worries if you don't have anything, but usually people are able to come up with some stuff on the fly. So do you have an environmentally friendly living tip that you wish more people did that you would like to share? I know you literally just wrote an entire book about this. But maybe if you just have one that comes to mind to share, that'd be awesome. And yes, I mean, it is in my book, but it's my favorite one. And I also love it because I have a few people have messaged me on Instagram saying like, Oh my god, when you shared this, like now I do it. And it's really awesome using the lemon juice as a deodorant that was just such a game changer for me like it just ticked so many boxes it's totally plastic free natural deodorant and it was sat right in front of me it's cheap it's readily available I was like oh my god what more do you want so yeah that's like my absolute number one like I just love that and I also love like people's faces when I tell them that I do that like if people come over and they go in my fridge I'm like Oh, just don't use that lemon on the top shelf. It's my armpit lemon. And people are just like, oh my God, she is crazy. (laughs) But yeah, that's my favorite one, definitely. So I haven't tried this, but I read about it in your book. And I was curious, how long do you use like a lemon half before you send it to the compost and move on to the other half of the lemon? They last a pretty long time. Like they last a couple of weeks. And sometimes I'll put it in the freezer. I'll chop it in half, put one half in the freezer, and that makes it last longer. Sometimes I'm not even organized enough to do that. (laughs) But yeah, they last a couple of weeks. And yeah, just when it starts to go like moldy and there's no juice left in it, I'm like, okay, let's move on to the next one. But it's definitely a couple of weeks. It lasts quite a while, longer than I thought it would do. Yeah, that's longer than I thought it would last. That's awesome. I'm totally looking forward to trying that. So our last completely unrelated question do you have a favorite board game or one that you find yourself playing often I do I really love Trivial Pursuit and I went to live off grid on an organic farm in Portugal about five years ago for the summer and there was no internet no tv no videos well I say there was no tv there was a tv and the only movies they had was Star Wars but generally there was no tv no internet no wi-fi no phone signal 
and we'd just go and get like go to the bar like twice a week to use wi-fi so it was very very back to nature i'd gone straight from london to that for a few months and discovered trivial pursuit the woman who owns the farm francine who's now one of my friends she's amazing she'd been to the local market one morning and was like wow i've got trivial pursuit and like we were all so happy because it was like something new that we could do and we sat and played trivial pursuit every night for like a month or six weeks and when i came home from the farm i asked my parents to buy me trivial pursuit for christmas and Honestly, I've only played it once because every time I took it to the pub, no one would play it with me. <laughs> and as a treat, like this is so sad, as a treat, my mum and dad and my brother played it with me on my 30th birthday. <laughs> but I've got it here with me in Taiwan, but no one will play it. <laughs> um, oh, no. But yeah, that's my favourite game. I love it. I hope that you find someone to play that with. That's my wish for you, Leanne. And I also wish lots of people go out and read your book and get empowered to make some changes in their life so everyone can move toward being more eco-friendly. Thank you so much for taking your time to be here and speak with us about your new book. Thanks so much for having me. It was lovely chatting to you. Thank you for listening to the Sustainability Made Easier interviews podcast and for spreading the word about sustainability made easier with your family and friends. We have more info on our website at sustainabilitymadeeasier.com. Engage in the sustainability conversation by joining the Sustainability Made Easier community on Facebook. Were you aware of the extent of the pay discrepancy between garment workers and company CEOs? What can we do as consumers to end this unfair practice? Let us know. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a minute to give it a positive rating on your favorite app. It means so much. If you would like to apply to be a guest or sponsor for the SME Interviews podcast, please follow the Sustainability Made Easier website link in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. You can always reach out to us on Twitter at Easy Sustainable and at SME Podcasts at gmail.com, S-M-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at gmail.com. Be sure to mention which podcast you are writing about on the subject line. You can also find us on Instagram at Sustainability Made Easier. Until next time!